Good morning. Everybody hear me all right? It's hard telling with the, these things. What a weekend last weekend was. Today I want to talk about the Christian life. And uh, what we just witnessed on the screen there is part of the Christian life. It's fellowship. And uh, what a better way to the fellowship is having a pie still in your face. So I didn't really enjoy that. It just looked like I did. So. <laughs> Uh, today I want to ask, uh, talk about the Christian life and two questions I'd like to ask. One is how is the Christian supposed to live? How is the Christian life supposed to be lived? And the second one is what is the Christian called to be like? <laughs> There's, I picked out a few passages. There's so much in the Bible that uh, I, you just can't go over it all at, at one speaking. And uh, I picked out some. The first, the first question I answered throughout the Bible, and the second question I answered in Second Timothy chapter two. So, if you want to turn to Second Timothy chapter two and put your finger there, that's the one we're going to be reading. But the rest of it, I'm, the first, the first answer, I'm just going to be answering throughout the Bible. So, there's going to be some scripture reference that we that we can turn to. But before we get started, let me let me open in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you for the opportunity to be in your word. Speak through me as I go through your word, Lord. And just let the ears be attentive, the heart be open. And just help us just to, uh, help us to remember how to live a Christian life and what it's supposed to be like. And just speak through me now in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, the first question. How is a Christian supposed to be lived? Well, it's, the Christian life is supposed to be lived by faith. I mean, that sounds easy, but it is, it is faith that we enter into Christian life, and it is faith that we live it out. We live, we live our whole lives through faith. Um, we can't, when the Christian life when we begin a Christian life by coming to Christ for forgiveness of sins, we need to understand that we need that we seek what we seek cannot be attained by any by any other means than faith. We cannot work our way into heaven because nothing we could do would ever be sufficient. Those who believe that they can attain eternal life by keeping rules and regulations, a list of do's and don'ts, deny what the Bible clearly teaches but that no one is justified by the law in the sight of, of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith, Galatians 3.11. All our righteous deeds are worthless. Only faith in the Messiah can save us. In Romans 1, Paul says that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power that saves us. The gospel being the good news that all who believe in him will have eternal life. When we enter into the Christian life by faith in this good news, we see our faith grow as we come to know more and more about the God who saved us. The gospel of Christ actually reveals God to us as we live and grow closer to him each day. And Romans 1.17 says, for it, is by, for it is the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written. The just shall live by faith. So how do we live by faith? 
by reading and studying the Word of God, accompanying by prayer for understanding and wisdom for a closer, more intimate relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. The Christian life is also supposed to be lived. The Christian life is also supposed to be one of death to self in order to live by faith. Paul told the Galatians that I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And that's Galatians 2.20. Being crucified with Christ means that our old nature has been nailed to the cross and has been replaced by a new nature, which is Christ's. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He who loved us and died for us now lives in us. In a life we live by faith in him. It means sacrificing our own desires, ambitions, our glories, and replacing them with, with those of Christ. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. We can only do this by the power through the faith that he gives us by his grace. Part of the Christian life is praying to that end. We need to put Christ first in our lives. The Christian life is also supposed to be preserved to the end. Hebrews 10, 39 addresses this issue by quoting from the Old Testament prophet Habakkuk. Now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back... My soul has no pleasure in him. God is not pleased with anyone who draws back from him after making a commitment. But those who live by faith will never draw back because they are kept by the Holy Spirit who assures us that, when, that, that we will continue with Christ until the end. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says, In him you also trusted that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. The writer of Hebrew goes on to verify this in verse 39. He says, But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. The true believer is the one who believes to the end. The Bible has so much to say. I mean, it, like I said before, the Bible has so much to say on this, on this faith that uh, you need to dig into it. I need to look at the second question now. The second question is, uh, is what are Christians called to be like? And Jesus taught in parables, and then Paul describes in Second Timothy here parables of what we're supposed to be like. He gives the word pictures. Let, it, let us go ahead and read chapter 2 of Second uh, Timothy. <clears throat> you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from among many witnesses... Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You, therefore, must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engages in warfare, entangles himself with the affairs of this life, 
that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ, the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I, shuff, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also denies us. If we are faithful, he, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord, not to strive about words to no profit, to the ruin of the hearers. Be delight, be delight to present yourself approved to God. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase to more ungodliness. And their message will spread like cancer. Hominius and Philetus are of this sort, who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overflow the faith, overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having the seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who name, whose name, the name of Jesus Christ, depart from iniquity. But in the great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also loose youthful lusts, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that the gener that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to speak patient in humility, correcting those who are in op opposition, if God per perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to, s to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. I know that's a lot, a lot of reading, but I'm going to just go through there and uh, pick out seven characters or seven, I guess you can call them parables, of what we're supposed to be like as Christians. And the, and the first, first one I want to look at is in verse 2. We are to be a teacher. Christians have a responsibility to teach others. Uh, this is the basis for the endless chain of Christian discipleship. Matthew twenty-eight eighteen to 20 says, Then Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I will, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. Amen. We know this, we know this, these verses as the great commandment. There are basically three steps in the great commandment. We're supposed to go, we're supposed to baptize, and the one we was looking at is we're supposed to be teaching. We're supposed to be spreading the word, teaching God's word to other people. The second one is verse 3. The Christian life, the Christian life is a battlefield. Oh, oh sorry. Verse, verse 3, you're supposed to be a soldier. I'm getting ahead of myself. The Christian life is a battlefield where battles are being won and lost. There is a real spiritual battle going on. Like a single-minded soldier, we should, be, we should respond to the orders of our commanding officer, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, with unquestioning obedience. Ephesians 6.11 tells us, As a soldier, to put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts, wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. The armor of God consists of the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, shoes fitted with the readiness that come from the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit is the, is the only offensive weapon that the Christians have, and that's the only one we really need. It's like the soldier's rifle. He needs to know that rifle, and we need to know the Word of God inside and out. So it will protect us in our time of battle. And we will have battles. So that, the Word of, the word of Truth is, is the, the Bible. The Sword of the Truth is the Bible. And we need to treat that like a soldier would treat his gun, knowing it inside and out, keeping it clean, keeping it in our minds always. Thirdly, in verse 5, we should be like athletes. Athletes follow strict training rules so, that, so to avoid disqualification from the race. We must display a measure of self-control and self-discipline. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sins which so easily ensnares us, and let us run the, with endurance the race that is before us. Fourthly, be like a farmer. That's in verse 6. The farmer, Like a farmer, we must work hard and be patient for the hope of the harvest. As farmers, we are to sow the seed of Christ, which is the word of God. In Matthew 13, 1-9, says, We see, in Matthew 13, 1-9, we see a parable of the sower. Some seed fell by the wayside, some on stony places. Some fell among thorns, some fell among good ground. There's a difference between today's farming and farming in Jesus' time. The farming in, in, to, in today's farming, the soil is tilled before sowing. In Jesus' day, the, the farmer sowed the seed, then he turned the ground over. And that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to sow the seed. Uh, 
we are to sow the seeds, so God is the cultivator of the person's heart. He is the one that makes the seed grow, and the harvest is people coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. So we are the sower. God is the one that makes it grow. We just keep sowing, no matter what the ground looks like. We're supposed to keep sowing. Number five, verse 15. We are to be approved workers. An approved worker is what remains after being tested and refined by fire. First Peter 1, 6-7 says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by the various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Uh, I like this saying. It says, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And through his testing, we are qualified. We are qualified to spread his word through his testing. Six, we are to be vessels, and this is in verse 20. There are two types of vessels or believers. Gold and silver, which are faithful and useful in serving the Lord. Wood and clay, which are unfaithful and fail to honor the Lord. Colossians 1, 3 through 6 says, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, which you heard before the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in the word and is bringing and is bring forth fruit, as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God and the truth. Faithful believers or vessels are useful in spreading God's word and bringing forth fruit. And that's how we bring forth fruit is spreading to God, spreading the word. Seventh and last one, be a servant, verse 24. 1 Corinthians 4, 1-2 says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the ministries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. We need to be submissive to the authority of God. Authority exists in every level. That's because authority is part of the very nature of God. A servant of God is to be gentle to all people. If you're trying to win a person to Christ, don't argue with him. If he disagrees with you, let him. Just keep giving him the word of God. That's all God asks us to do is keep giving him the word of God. He will work on his heart. The best argument for a Christian is a victorious life that is walked in faith. The best argument for us to give people is to walk in faith. Let them see how we're walking. Let them read us. In closing, the Christian life is one lived by faith in the God who saved us, empowers us, seals us for heaven, and by whose power we can keep forever. The day-to-day life of faith is one, is one that grows and strengthens as, God, as we seek God in his word through prayer, through prayer and as we unite with other Christians whose goal of Christ-likeness is the same as our own. 
In other words, that's what we're doing right now. We're, we're faithful to God by meeting and praying and worshiping through His Word as Christians. That's, that's what we're supposed to do. God calls us to do this. And that's all I have to say. <laughs>